the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast, where every week we talk to experts, leaders, innovators and game changers, looking at ways that we can help improve our business and potentially become even more awesome driving instructors. I am your ever splendid host, Terry Cook, and I'm delighted to be here. I'm even more delighted that you have chosen to listen, because today I've got another wonderful episode as I'm joined by Jono Poon. Now, Jono is very much a life coach. He is a confidence coach, a business coach, and a strategist. As you'll find out, that's what he likes to be called. And we talk a lot today about how we can improve as people, how we can improve as humans the steps we need to take to move forward, how we can build in confidence, the different paths we can take, try new things, whole host of topics that we cover today. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to give another little mention to the fact that anyone that signs up to the Instructor Podcast Premium in April, their sign-up fee, which is £10, will be donated to Walk for Woody. Now, Walk for Woody is Graham Hooper and Keith Woodward and a whole host of other amazing humans that are raising money for Prostate Cancer UK. You may remember that Woody, Keith Woodward, was on my show a couple of weeks ago and it was great talking to him, and it's great to see that they're raising money for that. And just to repeat, if you sign up to Instructor Podcast Premium in April, your sign-up fee will go to that charity. You don't even have to stay. You can sign up, make the most of it for a month, and then bugger off, and you're still giving £10 to charity. And just a quick reminder, at the end of the show, I will be giving you another one of my wonderful Terry's tips. So hang about to the end of the show for that. But for now, let's dive into the episode. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast, and today I am joined by the ever-delightful Jono Poon. How are we doing, Jono? Hey, Terry. Thank you for having me here. No, I'm delighted. You're someone that uh, I've kind of mentioned to you a few times over the past year that I want you on my show, and we've, uh, we've finally done it. I finally got you on, so I'm pleased that you're here. So I'm going to start off with the first question I like to ask everyone, which is quite simply, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us about what you do and, and what you're up to. Sure. Thank you very much. So I'm a high level in a leadership performance coach i help people find their voice and find their own inner leadership and what that means is that i help people develop more self-awareness leadership and social visibility so that helps people focus on who are currently maybe lost or stuck in their lives and just a bit of i'd say finding their way again in their life and discovering their freedom, more love and mastery, which means developing skills to enhance their own leadership skills, to become a better human being, to become a better lover, to become a better parent, to become a better leader, to become just a better version of themselves. And so I help coach and mentor content creators, streamers, uh, professionals, entrepreneurs, and just help them inspire their teams, influence others, increase productivity, performance, communication skills, and things that just help them lead more effectively in their lives, really. Cool. I love it. I love that you started off as well by uh, saying high level. Uh, That's how you describe yourself. And I, I think that's awesome because I think as people, we're often really reluctant to say when we do something at a high level or we say when we're good at something. Uh, so I was actually just quite chuffed that you went in straight with that, that high level stuff. That's good. That's good. So 
Before we go any further, I'm going to ask you the other question I ask everyone when they first come on the show, because here at the Instructor Podcast, I speak to experts, leaders, innovators, and game changers, and basically, I don't know which one are you. Are you any of those? You are all of those? or I would say all of those. But then again, I don't really like to label myself into one category, because I believe labels are very limitation. It limits you to who you become and who you are. And so I'm... If I was to put myself in a category, then there'd be all four, but I prefer just to use them as tools and more of just being more than anything else. Yeah. Someone who's able to, who wants to make a difference in someone else's life in my lifetime. And if I could help one person, that's more than enough for me in my lifetime. And, you know, I'd love to say I would help you know, millions or thousands of people and which what you know, whoever is in coaching industry would always you know, preach to say and do, but if I could change one person's life and one person takes away advice from me and able to implement it and actually make a difference in their lives positively, then I've done my job. I love that. And you've helped a lot of people already, but I, I want to touch back on that actually about the idea of labels because I obviously, like I say, I talk to experts, leaders, innovators, and game changers. And I think I view that more as something that you, it's almost like a, a, a toolkit. You know, you've got these resources you can take out and I can go be an expert in this and I can go be a leader in this. Is, is, is that what you're meaning there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of the the tools and the processes and things like you, know, you learn in personal development and product, productivity, um, in anything you do, it's just tools. Things that just help you solve a problem. Yeah. And, and be able to facilitate and use any tool or any solution from anywhere else to be able to solve your problem is what you really need. Cool. Uh, and you spoke a lot about coaching. I obviously describe yourself as um, sort of a life coach, uh, inner leadership coach, um, and a, a lot, you know, confidence coach, business coach, digital leadership coach, all this awesome stuff. But I'm interested to know. Why do you think coaching is important? Why do you think it's important that people, you know, invest in a coach for themselves? Yeah, so I would say I'm a strategist more than anything else. Right. <laughs> but coach falls under it. Um, I suppose what I do falls under coaching if you used to categorize something about it. But I believe people invest in coaching is because of accountability and someone who's able to pull you from, you know, A to B, B to C you know, C2D for, for instance, a little bit more than you wanted, than you needed. Someone that can just help you lift you a little bit up, who can give you a little bit of guidance. Someone who's been able to be been there and probably just able to just guide you that little that bit of a direction. And I believe most, well, most people who wants to achieve higher levels or higher standards for what they, whatever situation they're in, whether it's better relationships, better fitness, better health, better lifestyle, better relationships with their kids. You know, there's always ways that you can in, enhance your communication skills or enhance your own self-awareness skills, understanding your own behaviors about how to behave, how to be, how to control and handle your emotions. Those are all things that I'm more passionate about, but there's, other reasons people may want different coaches for different things. Like for instance, I want to become a better driver. I'll find Terry to give me guidance about how can I maybe use less fuel when I'm driving? 
Right. Nice. Because that's, that's quite key a, right now. Such a key right now because yeah. of the fuel prices. Everyone wants to learn how to how do I you know use less fuel in my car? How can I conserve a bit more? Can I you know switch off the engine when like traffic lights and do the stop start that most modern cars have nowadays? But those that don't have modern cars don't have that little bit of luxury, right? Does that make a little bit more difference? Your such, right? I would ask someone like yourself who would be able to probably coach me or give me guidance on those i think that you've just come up with the the perfect example there in the you know if, if someone comes to me and paid for a two-hour last and and you know everyone all those instructors have slightly different prices but let's just say 60 quid for for a two-hour driving lesson they're going to save a fortune going forward because they've just invested 60 quid to learn how to save money on fuel they're going to save a load of money so that 60 quid layout is actually going to save the money in the long run i think that's you've just created the perfect example there of, of well, how another we... another example i could give you is i'm really bad at parallel parking maybe i would hire you to give me better you know or additional training lessons on how to parallel park because i don't want to curb my wheels or i don't want to scratch someone else's car when i'm parallel parking in london or something like that right in those tight and narrow streets for instance in parking spots and that's why people would want coaches and additional training. And I believe if you, if you really want to improve on something, you'd be willing to invest in it. Yeah, I think you're right. And there's definitely a reluctance. And, and I know that it's not specifically the driving shipper industry. I know there's a reluctance from a lot of people. But, you know, talking about my industry for a second, there is, and, and, and my experience with this is that I was reluctant for many years. And it was only a few years ago uh, where I started talking to and interacting with certain people like your good self, like people like Robin Bates and Dan Meredith and Dino Tartali, all these awesome people. And I don't think I'd be doing what I was, what I am now if it wasn't for these. And I had that mindset of, I, I don't want to invest. I don't want to go and spend 60 quid on a lesson. So then I save money further down the line. Where do you think that, that reluctance come from sometimes? We stop investing in ourselves. After many, after school or college, we stop investing in ourselves because we we think we know it all, or at least what we believe we know it all, or we're being led to believe we know it all after school, after education. And this is where the limitation comes in is people stop investing in themselves. They stop improving. They stop looking at how else they could improve in any areas, whether it's education whether it's skill, whether it's a craft, whether it's driving, whether it's, you know, I don't think about law or legal and or whether it's plumbing or, you know, anything, right? We just stop investing ourselves in, in learning additional, I suppose, skills. That limitation comes with maybe environment, maybe friends, maybe circle, you know, who you hang around with. Um, because if you hang around with people who obviously love high performance, love growth, love personal development, love growing, love chasing the, you know, the success as such, whatever that means to, you know, how you define success, most importantly is define what success means to you. So for those who hang around, hang around people who love personal development and growth, they're people that just constantly investing in themselves, in knowledge, in different theories, different philosophies, maybe psychology, copywriting, marketing, 
um, finance, investments, you know, they're constantly learning about different things. And if you're hanging around those people, a lot of the times, you would probably do the same stuff. You would start consuming those podcasts and those audios or those recordings or, you know, those books that they read and they learn from and they consume because that's just who you become. You, you know, the, the, you become the average of the five, top five people you hang around with, right? And that's one of the most famous used quotes that everyone uses. But it's what you do with those people as well. You can hang around them, but if you don't do anything, then you know you get dragged down, or you could be. It's 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 really depending on what is it that you want to achieve. I think what is it you really want? That's the question that most people don't know how to answer. If it was, you know, people say, "Oh, I don't know what I want." That's the most common answer I get is when I ask them, "What do you want? What do you want in life?" Most people would don't would not know how to answer that, or they would take a very very long time to answer. They'd be like, "Well, well, I want a new car." Like, well, why do you want a new car? What what is the car going to do for you? Oh, uh, what you know, it's going to be a twenty grand car. Okay, what are you going to why are you going to spend a twenty grand on the car for if it's going to depreciate in value in the next two years, one year, as soon as it touches off the road, right? <laughs> as soon as it's from the dealer, you lost five grand already. Yeah. Like, why would you want that? Like, you know, I know some people will say, yeah, that's my way of saying I made it. Great. You know, now what? Yeah. What's next? Another car? Next one? How how long would you chase that material things? And I'm not saying material is bad. It's great because it gives you motivation. It gives you, you know, under the luxury that you can make it or that you can drive these things that you want. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's a great way of saying but. What is it you want out of it? Does it going to give you more joy? Is it going to give you uh, more room, more for your family? For instance, if you're buy a bigger car, are you going to extend your family and things like that? Like, what's the purpose of it? I think there's a couple of things I want to touch back on there. So, like, initially, we're obviously talking about the, like you said, that old line about you, you are the five people you surround yourself with. It was something that I changed in me a few years back where. I took myself out of certain circles because I'm, they were stopping me doing what I wanted to do. So I needed to come out of those those circles. I put myself in these, these different circles. And I think initially I really struggled with that because I, like I said, I put myself in these groups, uh, like Facebook groups and communities and so on. And I would see people such as yourself, Jono, and I've, I just see this success and I just see this amazing human being. And I'm like, I can't talk to him. Let's go over here. And then I'll see this person. Oh, I can't talk to that person either. And I'll go and curl up in a little ball and, you know, just cry gently to myself. But then it, it just takes that time. And I shifted my mindset to, you know, why can't I talk to these people? Now some of these people, including yourself, I get on really well with and, and, you know, we become friendly and, and you come on my podcast and, and I think it's great. So, so what would you say to those people that were sort of in the situation I was in where you see these people having success and they're the people you want, not necessarily want to emulate, but take inspiration from, but you're too scared to, you've got that fear. What would you say to those people? I'd say just reach out and speak to them. You know, those that you don't, don't put anyone on pedestals. 
that's one thing that I've been taught by one of my mentors and a good friend. Don't people don't put people on on pedestals. You're just as great as they are. The reason why they're probably more or you see or deem successful is because they keep showing up. They're not afraid to put themselves out there in the world. They've gotten over that hump of playing small in a way because I I I used to do the same thing. I was once in the shoes that you were. I saw these big mentors, big people, big speakers on stage. And I was like, how do I speak to these people? I'm I'm nobody. Who am I to interview these people on my podcast? Who am I to talk to and, and speak to these people who's earning such and such or just speaking on big stages? I just reached out to them like any human being. I said, hey, great to see you. I loved your talk. Could we just have a, a chat and maybe just have a catch up or just you know get to know each other a bit building relationships building new friends building new friendships i think that's one thing that we're so fearful of doing right now we don't want to speak to strangers for some reason because we're so comfortable in our own little bubble or our own little circle right i had multiple groups i had groups for clubbing i had groups for going out i had groups for uh, sports i had groups for cinema i had groups for all sorts of things i had uh, groups for gaming like all different groups they all had a different purpose they all served a different purpose some may be better for other needs but some may not be right like getting drunk on the weekend getting partying and causing trouble and becoming a, a nuisance as such like that was my poor behavior it was my way of get away from reality it was my way to self-destruct, to self-sabotage myself because I was so, you know, engrossed in chasing the corporate ladder as such. You know, I, I, I used to do the whole corporate grind and climbing up that corporate ladder and just hang around with these people who just spend his money going out because we have so much money to spend, but didn't really have a life to spend because we were working I don't know, 12, 16 hour days. But we were so miserable by the end of the week. We would just spend it on alcohol and just get drunk and just party away and just think all our trouble was going to go away. And then Monday back again on the grind. And it was it was on the repeat every weekend for like a year or two. And then I got to the point where I was like, oh, this is I'm I'm gonna do this for like the rest of my life. <laughs> It got to that point where I just like, um, I'm, this isn't serving me. Like, it isn't making me any more happier. And I'm just spending whatever I earn <laughs> on alcohol and making my body feel like crap. And I, I really abused my body and got to the point where I was really overweight. I was about like 120 kilograms or something like that. I don't know what that is in stone, but I was really overweight. And I was like, no, this isn't. If I was to continue living longer, this this needs to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and that little awareness just said, "Okay, I need to stop this lifestyle. I need to do something different." And it's great having that awareness, but you need to back up with action, right? There's no good having that awareness but not doing anything with it. So then I took that awareness and said, "Okay, what do I need to change? Stop going out." Stop spending your money on on stupid alcohol and going out parties and whatnot, because that's not going to do anything good. That's not going to help with saving towards a deposit for a house. That isn't going to 
you know get you uh, any further with, re- with your relationships um it's gonna help you with your engagement with your fiance and such like that i had things that i was like oh what am i holding myself back from because of these self-sabotaging behaviors then i looked at my lifestyle i looked at my health i started going back to gym again i started making little changes i started eating cleaner i stopped consuming alcohol every week or at least more than I normally do. I don't even drink anymore. And least unless I maybe I have a, a glass of whiskey now about once or every month or so, I have a like that one shot of whiskey <laughs> as a treat. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's just like a little now that I've not been more aware of what my behaviors are and what my self-sabotaging behaviors are. Again, finding a new circle, right? Group of friends. Who's gonna serve you? Who's gonna make you happier and those that's gonna lift you higher when you're falling down? instead of those that is dragging you down and isn't really helping you get further in life, right? I, if I was to want better relationships, I'd hang around with friends that are in committed relationships over five to 10 years plus, because I know I've got loads to learn from, from those people. I don't want to be hanging around with people who've been breaking up every two months. Clearly they're doing something not right, right? To have that kind of result. Maybe it's them, maybe it's their behavior, maybe it's the way they treat people. I don't know. But it, if that isn't the, it's going to serve me in long term, I'm going to hang on with those that's in committed relationships, five to 10 years. What can I learn from them? How do they stay on course and so loving in their relationships? Like I've known couples that don't argue. How come they don't argue? I hear other couples constantly argue. Who do I want to hang around with more? Those that argue or those that don't mm. argue? Right? I would choose the ones that don't argue because I want to learn from them. How do you keep developing that love, that kindness, that empathy, that compassion, that security? I want that in my relationship. I don't want to be, you know, looking for another partner of every two or three months. That's just hard work. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. Like, why would I want to put myself through that? I'm not... The thing is, we're not getting younger anymore and i'd rather spend my time on something that makes me more happier a stable relationship i'm not saying everyone needs a relationship but whether it's friendships or partners or whatever it is you know i want long-term friendships i want friends that's going to foster for 10 50 20 years you know 20 30 50 years whatever it is i want long-term friendships i want partnerships i want people who i can just hang with and not feel like they're going to pull me down or drag me down people who's going to uplift me inspire me like yourself terry you know i've seen you from like you said hiding playing you know in the small spectrum where you said i don't want to speak to these people i don't want to hang around with these people but you are so great at what you do and i'm glad that you broke through that barrier to step up and just play that bigger game and and reaching out to us because we're not no we're no different from you you know i started the same place as you did I was like, I don't want to speak to these people. Who are these people? They're so great. They're amazing. They do so much work. They do, you know, they keep showing up. But you do the same. You inspire me as such right now because you keep posting with these content. I'm just like, I should really up my content game right now because I'm not posting anything at all. I just post memes at the moment. But that's because I just took a break. But you know, you inspire me to go, I should up my game now. <laughs> I think uh, I think we found the clip to use to advertise a show there. <laughs> 
So, um, but again, you make some really interesting points there, and I think a lot of these tie into the the thing you said sort of right back at the beginning was you were talking about knowing what you want from life. You know, you, you mentioned there about self sabotage, and that was something that I. You know, it was brilliant, like, and I'm still doing now. Again, I think we all are. We're good at, at sabotaging, but I think if you can work out what you want, whether it's like you said, a relationship or your business or the the house you want, you know, if you can pinpoint what you want, I think you're less likely to self sabotage because you've got a goal to work towards. And and for me, that self sabotage in terms of the business was like cancelling driving lessons and stuff like that because you know, well, I can just have the day off. So I'll cancel my lessons and, you know, my students were always fine about it because, oh, Terry's is a nice guy. You know, it's fine. I understand. But guess what? They don't recommend me as much because I'm canceling lessons or there's not as many people passing their tests because I haven't got as many students and so on and so forth. So with all that tying into what do you want, what advice would you give to anyone now that's listening to this and thinking, as you said before, I don't know what I want. How can you find what you want from life? I love that question. Thank you very much. My best advice on that one is, what do you want to be remembered for? When you leave, what do you want to be remembered for? And this one was the biggest lesson for me because when my dad passed, end of October last year, was, what did he want to be remembered for? I don't know. I never asked him. And I had to make a speech, you know, at the funeral. And what did I remember of him was was one thing. I remembered him being very kind, very serving, someone who's very giving. Although, you know, he never really had much financially. He was always able to help people with whether it be physical stuff or just being of service, being able to just, you know, help out wherever he can. He would offer help, like driving someone somewhere or picking up something somewhere and maybe trying to just, I don't know, help. He would do everything he can to help, even if it, you know, even if it, if it, you know, it doesn't cost any money that he didn't really have extra of. You know, whether it's just human physical activities, plumbing and, you know, moving around houses or driving people about, he would offer his time and help them without wanting anything back in return. I think that's one thing that I learned from him. This is where my compassion and empathy comes with from is his behavior of just relentlessly wanting to help other people without wanting anything back. And that was one thing that struck me during the the funeral. He was always remembered as the kind, tall giant that people always asked for help or wanted, you know, if he needed help, he was always there. And it wasn't a question of, you know, what did, what does he get in return? It was just a question of, when do you need me? I think that's something that I took away from and narrowed down to myself. What do I want to be remembered for if I leave tomorrow, whenever? Because you know, we never know what the time says when we're clocking down. 
you know it's not like a, a definite way you get a timer where you can see when you're when you're gonna go right so make the most of your life you know try and find something that you really enjoy try different things there's one thing that most people don't do is try different things the fear of trying new things or trying things that they want to go for for instance you know i always wanted to learn archery so then during lockdown i i took up archery <laughs> you know it was just things like that it's like why have i not wanted to take up archery because it because it was expensive or was it because you know i just didn't know where to start so then i just looked fast you know same as driving right don't know where to drive find a driving instructor find one if you don't like that one, find another one. Archery class, same thing. Go to drive, you know, instruct a beginner's course, try it out. Is this something you enjoy or something you're not enjoy? It is something that I enjoy. So I'm going to be taking archery a bit more seriously. <laughs> but like try out new things. If you're if you're in a job where you're stacking shells, for instance, for Sainsbury's, Tesco, whatever it is, I'm not saying there are any bad jobs, they're great jobs because you learn so much about customer service you learn more about interaction with people and that also that also is a great way to just test your confidence as well you learn you develop confidence if i didn't do retail when i was in wix for instance sweeping up floors moving tiles uh, moving timber and all of that stuff and interacting with customers you know where's the plumbing where's the where's the bricks where's the sand can you help me do this and if i didn't learn and develop those interaction skills social skills for instance when i was 16 17 i don't think i would have more confidence in speaking of people than i do now and those are things that would just help you try out new things and see where you want to go do you want to go in retail you know do you want to go digital marketing if i didn't try out programming when i was at university i wouldn't know i hate programming <laughs> although I was very good at it during college. But when it came to university, I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this for the next 40, 50 years. It just wasn't me. So then I did multimedia. I tried out filming. I tried out marketing. I tried out 3D modeling. I tried out digital marketing, social media. That's when social media was coming out with Facebook. Then I started doing events management because I had a society that I grew for British and Chinese university students. So then I started using Facebook to advertise events like bowling, going to cinema, going out to eat food. And then I developed more skills. I developed social skills. I was managing people, I was looking after people, I was helping committee members do finance, treasury, sports management, organizing events, football tournaments. Those are things. I was like, wow, where's you know, where this going? This has nothing to do with digital marketing. <laughs> but this is all to do with me wanting to help people. And what do I want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for be able to make a difference in someone else's life. Someone that could just go, because of you, I didn't give up. Because of you, I tried. Because of you, I took the leap of faith. That's the person I want to be. And that's just something that is probably selfish for me because, but I don't want to be known for anything else different. I don't need to be a millionaire or whatever. It's nice if I do, because then I can help more people. You know, you can amplify the money to help more people. That's what 
I see money is for. To have a basic, you know, lifestyle that you could get away with paying bills and all that stuff, looking after your family. But the rest, I would still to this day would invest in schools. I would invest in education. I'd invest in developing people. And that won't change because that's who I am. And that's another key thing is knowing what you remember, what do you want to be remembered for? But who are you and who do you want to be? Just taking a brief pause in the show to give a little shout out to Peter Granger and Philip Cowley, both of whom are the latest sign-ups to the Instructor Podcast Premium. And because they signed up in April, their fee will be donated to Walk With Woody, who is uh, Keith Woodward and Graham Hooper and El Hosef, other wonderful people raising money for Prostate Cancer UK. They will also get all the amazing bonus content we've got over at the Instructor Podcast Premium, including the two latest shows, which features today's very own guest, John O'Poon, who joined me to do a special little interview talking about coaching, and also the latest episode in the Standard Check Checklist, where Lee Sperry joined me to dive into another one of the competencies. That's a fifth of those we release now, and they go down the storm. There's loads more content over there, as well as discounts for things like Bob Morton's Client Asset Learning, Go Roadie, and you also get all these shows early and ad free. To sign up, head over to theinstructorpodcast.com. You can go to the premium page or you can find links in the show notes. But for now, let's dive back into the show and get some more wonderful content from Jono. I think, with that, I think I've not thought of it that way before. Who do you want to, how do you want to be remembered? And um, it's interesting because I think I, without realizing it, I have taken that approach. I think that's definitely a part of the the way I've looked at it, about looking at it that way intentionally. And but do you think that people worry too much about how other people look at them? So, for example, I'm my bread and butter, a driving te- driving instructor. That's that's what I do, and I've come to realize that I don't want to stop doing that. I always want to do that the thing I want to do is reduce the amount of hours to do on the road and, you know, get down. I think I've said this far, sort of between 10 and 16 hours a week is, is my goal for being a, an instructor, but still in back of my head to this day, it's still a bit of it like, well, people, you know, what will people think that one of my goals is to be a driving instructor and stay a driving instructor. So do you think that that's what a lot of people worry about when they try to think about, you know, what they want to be? So what if someone laughs at me and what if someone thinks that's stupid or, you know, doesn't think I'm pushing myself hard enough. Yeah, absolutely. But the key thing is, do people's thoughts pay your bills? Do people, what people think really pay your bills? And if it doesn't, then do what you want. If that's what you want. Right. As long as the key thing is, do what makes you happy. You don't need to you don't need validation from anyone else. You don't need approval from anyone else to do what you want to do in your life. You don't need to give that to anyone. The only person you need to justify to is yourself. If you can get over yourself and saying, yes, this is what I want to do, or this is not what I want to do, then that's the only thing person you need to go, go with. You don't need to worry about what everyone else thinks. Because everyone's going to be at a point where we go, oh, he's doing something different again. 
Oh, he's on off track. Oh, whatever. Like, so what? It's my life. I could do it and try whatever I want. If I don't like it, I'll stop it. But who are you to tell me that this is the rock? This is not for you. If I want to do it, I'll go for it and find out for myself if that is what I want. If it's not, then I'll stop. But yeah. don't try. Don't stop and try. You know, that's one thing again. Trying different things. The ability to try different things. Get over that fear. Yes, we were all suck at trying something new. When I first drove, I kept stalling about 20 times before I even accelerated properly, right? We all learn somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. We will all suck. That's, that's just development. That's just journey. That's just growth, right? The more you do it, the better you get. Yeah. I suck at parallel drug parking. <laughs> the more I do it, the better I get-ish. I'm still trying <laughs> to improve. <laughs> yeah. Right, angles and all that stuff. There's, there's, I know there's key things that you look out for, like when do you turn and the angle, and if you're at the wing mirror of the other car, that's when you kind of like assign to turn in. And but it's practice. I think it's interesting because I, I, were you talking there? It made me reflect back on. Um, so I used to work at McDonald's, and I think I started at McDonald's when I was about like 25, 26, because I came off of the building sites and went to McDonald's. Now, the initial reason I did it was because I was just sick of working like outside in winter. I wanted to get a warm job, and I thought, I'll go and do this for a bit. And I was quite snobby about McDonald's workers you know, at the time, but I've never enjoyed a job more than working in the kitchen at McDonald's. I absolutely adored it. It didn't fit in with my long-term goal because, you know, you, you've, and again, this isn't meant as a criticism to anyone, but you think of the wage of working in the kitchen at McDonald's, it doesn't fit into my long-term goal. But if I could have stayed working in that kitchen and made 50 grand a year, I'd have stayed working in that kitchen. It was the most fun I've ever had. But I had to try and increase my wage. And there was this idea of I hated telling people I worked at McDonald's. It was embarrassing. You got people sneering at you and making comments and all this kind of stuff. And it did, it happened. Um, so part of that was also me thinking, right, I need to get up this ladder. I need to get promoted. And and the higher I went up the sort of the promotion ladder at McDonald's, the less I enjoyed my job. And it got to a point where I was sort of looking after stores and getting ready to take over my own store. And I'm just like, I really don't want to do this. I need to go. I mean, there were some more things in play as well. But I'm like, I, this isn't what I want. I even need to go back to work in, in kitchen or do somewhere else. And it's that outside, that outside perception that I think people have. And, and yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I can't remember it was it uh, said it, but I heard someone say it recently that if you're not feeding me, financing me, or fucking me, I don't care what you've got to say. That was and from it, Dan. Dan Meredith, yeah. Um, <laughs> it stuck in my head. I'm like, yes, that's it, because no one else matters. Exactly. So, and yeah. I think people who work at McDonald's are the greatest and bravest people in retail, uh, in in food actually, in food and because because of you guys who choose to work at McDonald's, we get to have fast food to eat. Yeah, and we can't be bothered to cook. And I think you guys who work the late shifts, the twenty four hour stores are amazing because I don't have the guts to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just, this is just from my honesty. I, I again, like you, 
would be scared of having that perception or that label on me and go, oh, that he worked in McDonald's and such and such. But then again, you know, I worked at Topman, I worked at Wix, I worked at different retails and I didn't really, you know, those serve the purpose. They helped me finance my driving lessons, right? They helped me finance my, you know, driving exam and my theory tests and all such back then. And you're ever going to be at a place where it serves a purpose. You may never know what that purpose is during that period, during that time. It may teach you lessons and things that you may take away later. But it's, it's, but it's the experience that you learn during that time that you would need to develop. And that's, that's key, you know, trying new things, trying different experiences, different skill sets, you know, from building industry to working in the kitchen. Again, different skill sets, different things, different knowledge, different background, different environment. All right. It's, it's more customer focused now instead of just building works and construction and all the hard labor stuff, it's completely different skill set. You've got more social interaction with other people around the kitchen and different team members who's at the counter and the, and the, you know, the delivery and such. So don't be afraid to try whatever you want to try. Yeah. <laughs> don't let everyone else stop you. Don't want other people's perception or what people's thoughts stop you or hold you back from what you want to achieve or what you want to do even. You know, if you want to try out late shifts at, you know, Tesco's, for instance, stacking shelves for a bit, do it, you know. Or if you want to do Uber for fill out some time and deliver room and such, do it. If you want to try out different things, you know, in in whatever industry, whatever business, whatever skill set, drama, singing lessons, archery lessons, climbing, that's another one. You know, that's things that I want to do. I was like, oh, maybe I'm too heavy that I can't climb. That was my perception, right, of myself. <laughs> like, that was my limitation. I was like, what do you mean that you're too heavy to climb? Then I saw people on Instagram who were like, you know, d- double my size and said they were climbing just as fine i was just like what am i so afraid of like i'm afraid of my own weight <laughs> that was, I was i was afraid of falling and hurting myself that was what i was afraid of but once i got the climb and i got used to falling and all that stuff i was like oh okay this isn't as, as bad as i thought it was right the fear I, okay at first i suck at climbing at first i i couldn't belay i couldn't tie up the ropes properly i didn't know how to you know hold people up when they're climbing down you know but that's what the training's for yeah you're in a safe environment you got instructors there to coach you right people you pay to coach you to teach you what mistakes to make so then you don't make it again yeah One thing we've we've kind of touched on a little bit throughout this conversation, but skirted around is that that magic word of confidence. Mm. You know, you know, if anyone listen to this that, that decides to, to take your idea of thinking, what do I want to be remembered for? And maybe they think, oh, I want to do 16 hours a week as a driving instructor, and I want to run four podcasts, or I want to write this book, or you know, whatever it is they decide they want to do, but then they haven't got the confidence to do it mm. how what advice would you give to those people to build up that confidence because i'm in fact just before you answer that i'm going to throw my example out because 
this week alone, as we're recording this, I've had three people, three instructors that have declined to come on this show because they're too nervous to come on and do a podcast, which is completely fine. You know, there's no force in anyone to come on ever, but they're, they're reluctant to, to come on for that, that reason. And it, it made me think back to when I first recorded the show because I was petrified. And, and the way I dealt with it was just thought, right, I'm going to do 12 episodes on season one. And I got it in my head. I don't care if anyone listens. I was going to do these 12 episodes, put them out. And then if no one listens, great. I've done 12 episodes. It's only ever going to be one season. No problem. And I get some practice. And like you said, get to experiment and have some fun and talk to some awesome people. And if it goes really well, I'll carry on. So that was kind of how I got over that. Um, but what other sort of suggestions or advice would you have to anyone that is lacking that confidence to make that jump? Small steps. One step at a time. One episode at a time. One talk at a time. One Zoom call at a time. Don't worry about the whole you know, season and 12 episodes or 24 episodes or however long the season is. One episode at a time. One Zoom call at a time. Build it slowly. That's how you build confidence. You do it slowly, one step at a time. You know, we didn't, when we were young, when we learned to walk, how did we learn to walk? One step at a time. Our parents made us walk one step at a time. What happens when we fall? They'll guide us back up one step at a time until we walk properly again. So don't be afraid to fall. Don't be afraid to fail. One instructor fails, gets back to you. Don't want to come on the show? Fine, next person. Until you find another guest. Maybe not another instructor. Maybe someone else. Maybe another coach. Maybe another developer. Maybe a coach, another game changer. Maybe another innovator. Another guest. One step at a time. Next. Yeah. Try it. That's the uh, best way to get started with anything at all. For instance, when we first ran our first leadership training workshop we had well actually when the workshop it started from a talk when we first did our first public speaking event we had the grand whopping of one attendance and that attendance was our mentor <laughs> who helped us with public speaking right that's our first public speaking event one person showed up then the next one we had three people my fiance and with another friend and a mentor. <laughs> it grew. Yeah. Right? But then we kept going. We kept going. We kept going. And it grew from five to 10 to 20 to 30. Then we started doing our own workshops when we were more confident in our content, in our coaching, in our training. But then again, in our first workshop, we had three people. Then we had five people. Then we had 10. Then it grew, right? The more you do, the more you get better. The more you, again, shame with your with any podcast, right? You get one listener, two listeners, three, four. You won't get the whole thing where people going, oh, I'm doing a podcast launch. I want 10,000 listeners. I want to be ranked number one. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Like, unless you're someone who's already very established, like Stephen Bartlett, for instance, he's a digital marketing guru, he can he can do that because he has the resources and knowledge to do so. He has a team to do so, right? He has all the expertise around him to do so if they wanted to claim Amazon number one bookseller, whatever they want to do, right? 
because they have the resources to do so. I'm not saying no one can do that, but if you want to do that, you can. You know, you'll find ways to do so. But don't if you'd like that confidence, then just do it slowly at your own pace. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Like everyone's doing these massive podcast launch, product launches, these massive courses, these massive courses of like an hour, 12 sessions, 12 lessons, whatever it is. Just do one training. You know, do one class. Like you do what like you guys the instructor, right? One one hour at a time. You'll teach them slowly. What do they need now? They lack confidence in getting speed on the, you know, carriageway. They lack the confidence to go from 30 to 60. Okay, go to 35. Then go to 40, 45, 50. Slowly, one, you know, get that confidence up. Same as, you know, when I first drove on on, on carriageways, I was doing about 30 in the 60. That's an example I used, right? My instructor was like, you can step on it a little bit. <laughs> I was just like, uh, it's a bit fast. <laughs> okay, 35 then. I was holding up traffic, but, you know, I was a learner. And you kind of, I know most people don't enjoy learners on the, you know, driving and stuff on the roads, but we were all once there. You know, we were all once there. We were all once a certain learner. And in life, we're still a lifelong learner. You know, people make mistakes. People aren't perfect. Don't have the expectation that everyone is perfect and everyone's got like this superpower. I know everyone has superpowers, but like there is no perfection in everyone. What people go, oh, that person's perfect. It's like, how? In what way do they seem perfect? That, that, you know, how do you define perfect? You know, everyone's got a different way of describing what perfect is. Yeah. And this level of expectation about I need to get things perfect. Same with me. You know, I get, I have this perfectionism trait. I want to get everything right. I want to get the launch right. I want to do this right. I want to get this right. So then stop doing that. Stop doing the slow stuff. Start doing the small stuff. One content at a time. One poster at a time. Yeah. And you use a podcast example then as well. And I'm going to just throw mine out again for anyone listening because the... I'm not saying this is because of me. I have no idea if it's because of me or because of anyone else, but I'm starting to see more... Uh, podcasts come out for learners and more podcasts come out for instructors. Um, so again, it's not because of me, but maybe I played a little bit of part with people seeing it. But for anyone that's maybe thinking of it now, I may have these numbers slightly wrong, but they're going to be roughly right. My first ever podcast, I released two episodes of The Instructor with uh, Bob Morton and Amanda Leake. They came out on the Sunday. And that week I had 21 downloads in total. For, for, for both episodes, 21 that, that week. Well, now the podcast comes out at 6 a.m. on a Sunday. By the time I get up at half six, I've got more than that by half six. You know, and that's over a year. And it, it's what I've enjoyed. It's, I, I don't care now, almost. I don't care how many I get. What I like is just seeing that growth. The, the actual number is irrelevant. It's seeing that growth. And it's the same way you can use it for anything. Like you say, losing weight. You know, the numbers are irrelevant. If you've seen it go down, it works. But there's a couple of aspects I want to touch on with you because I have taken up a lot of your time. I, I appreciate that. And the one that you've just mentioned, they mentioned Stephen Bartlett. How good is a diary of a CEO podcast? 
It's amazing. I mean, the guests and the content, but most importantly, is the questions he asks. Yeah. And he really asks some deep questions that most people are afraid to ask, which is why I love Steve's work and the way he comes across in asking these questions so directly without hesitation. Yeah. I um, I only stumbled across it recently because I'd, I'd seen it like at the top of the charts for age and I was like, why do I want to read about that? I'll listen to that. And then um, uh, it was oh, another instructor called Kev Field recommended it to me. I'm like, oh, I'll give it a try. And then listen to it. It's like, how good is this? It's, so immediately uh, spent the, I think it's two quid a month to get it ad free, signed up for that. and just started working my way through from day one. And it's just amazing. Like you say, it's the questions you ask. It's just got such a lovely tone. So for anyone listening, go and check out. Uh, stop listening to this because this isn't as good as his. And go, well, finish John O's episode first and then and then go and listen to uh, Diary of a CEO. I have actually stolen one of his, um, one of his things because he does like calls and moments. So he go, he's going back and taking like a five-minute clip from an early episode and, and calling it a moment. I've started doing that on this and calling them short lessons, taking could a five-minute clip. Could I just point out something for you? Go for it. Don't mind me. Don't say you're not as good as Stephen <laughs> because you can be and you are, right? Don't downplay yourself. <laughs> Seriously, Terry. Like you, what you do is amazing. And just because your audience may not be as the same as what Stephen does doesn't mean your production value isn't the same. Like your work that you do in the effort that you put in is the same as what he would put in, in into getting things done and asking the questions. He's just been doing it longer. Like he's been doing it many years longer. That's why. But again, like you said, it's consistency. Had he not started building his personal brand, getting himself out there, positioning himself as someone to listen to, someone to consume content from he may not be here for us to see and enjoy he may not even be on the dragons then because he didn't position himself enough to show up enough but because he's dominated the whole social media platform basically in the business world he's so up there with the greats you know of richard branson's and and such that he's more visible But again, it starts because you decided to show up to do a podcast, to invite a guest to ask questions. And had you not done so, people wouldn't be able to listen to an episode like this and to the content that you produce. And it's great content and it's great guests that you bring on. Yes, especially today's channel. Uh, Especially when you say nice things to me like that. It's very much appreciated. Um, I want to finish up on a bit more of a, I'm going to call it a sensitive subject um, because it's something that I was, I want to say aware of. I can say naive about, I can say ignorant about. I don't know what the right term is because I have spoke about stuff on the show before where I describe myself as a straight white dude because I, I, you know, I don't have any of the experiences that women have that, that anyone from the LGBTQ plus community has, that anyone from, you know, that might be uh, black or Asian or, or whatever. I, I'm just like the, the straight white dude. So apologies in advance for any terminology here. But something I've seen you speaking a lot about recently is sort of the rise uh, in in hate crime towards, um, towards Asian people. So... I think what I'm going to do now is ask you just to talk to me a little bit about that because it's something that I, I say unaware of, ignorant of, whatever the right term is. So, yeah, I'm just going to open the floor to you a little bit there if that's okay. 
Yeah, thank you, Terry, for allowing me to share this because since this is this isn't since you know COVID nineteen, you know COVID, but um, I believe it was just, it's before COVID. Even you know, it's something that just um, the stigma that we've had since you know the days of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan on TV and such. But it probably goes way you know beyond that in terms of um, Asian hate um, and things like that, because I don't know where that really comes from. I, I don't know what the history is. There's still something I need to, to read up on and educate myself about. But since COVID-19, we had the huge uprise of hate crime towards Chinese, East and Southeast Asian people in the UK. And this has caused international students, um, a lot of discomfort um, for your universities, but also a lot of local business owners that are from these um, ethnicity also had suffered huge um, setbacks in terms of business. Uh, people eating in the restaurants, people eating Chinese food or Southeast Asian food because of where we come from. You know, we come from Asia and because that's where people are saying where the virus comes from. So therefore, we're all plagued or we're all viruses, even though we're living in England since the same as what everyone else is. <laughs> yeah. Right? It makes no difference. It's because the color of our skin, we associated that we are, you know, China-driven or whatever it is. You know, there's also the different things about politics and saying, you know, just because you're Chinese, you're associated with China. My parents are from Hong Kong. <laughs> There's no, you know, okay, it's now it's now it's governed by China, but it's previously it was governed by UK. Mm. It's governed it's governed by Great Britain, right? So, like, there's this uprising of hate crime amongst the community. And it, the organization that I have joined is called CARG, as you probably have seen, which is called Campaign Against Racism Group. And what our primary purpose is to promote social cohesion diversity and inclusivity and just by challenging racism and hate crime especially against the chinese the east asian and southeast you know communities in the uk and this is through research this is through education um, advocacy campaigns and collaborating with similar organizations and it's a topic that i'm passionate about because i used to be bullied for my color of my skin for not being able to communicate in english because my first language was Cantonese. I didn't speak English in my first, during school. So therefore I wasn't able to communicate with kids. I wasn't able to ask for help because I couldn't speak to teachers. <laughs> and therefore I was, you know, singled out as the easy target. Um, and also at that time, it was the rise of Bruce Lee films and Jackie Chan films. So, you know, you get the stereotypical, oh, because you're Chinese, you know martial arts. I was like, okay, I didn't. But then when I was 13, I started learning martial arts. So then when people start booing me, I just went back and just defended myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> but I defended myself and I stood up for myself. And that's where I built the confidence to stand up for myself was because my mentor, my Sifu, and again, he's not, he was black, you know, he's a massive, tall black dude that was very fierce and very educative, 
very spiritual, very grounded, very kind, very compassionate. But he was very great at life lessons. He taught me a lot about life lessons. And when I was about you know, 13 to about 17, until I stopped, went to university and stopped my kind of martial arts career path in learning and developing myself, it's every week he would discipline us to train and to build that mindset of being kind, being compassionate, but also not to others, but to ourselves as well. And, you know, with, with hate crime and stuff, yes, we can, you know, fight back. We could do all of those, but it doesn't solve anything. Violence doesn't solve anything. And it's all about education, like yourself, you know, giving us the platform and education to, the platform to speak and to share our voices about these concerns that the society have, because there was an uprising of hate crime on the tubes, for instance, you know, in London and the, um, the underground wanted, you know, help about how to facilitate, um, help with hate crime against, you know, people of our ethnicity and community. And and it was through education, you know, it's through education, it's through different ways of showing support. And we're no different from anyone else. We are so fearful of the virus ourselves. You know, it doesn't this is, does not not affect us because of our skin color. It affects everyone. <laughs> That's what you know, the, the virus is, is is something that just affects human bodies, you know, yeah. it just it affects people. It doesn't matter about what race you are, you know, and that's something that it, it's happening and it's something that needs to be raised aware. You know, if you see people getting attacked, stop them. It's, it's, it's just anyone getting attacked. It doesn't matter what skin color they are. It's just like they shouldn't be, you know, no one should be getting hurt really in this day and age, especially, although we are, you know, seeing it in other places. And it's something that, needs to stop you know hate doesn't solve anything and it's not a way to live is it yeah i think yeah i, I don't know it's, it's an awkward one it's because again it's something i'm not only familiar with and listen to you talk about there it's it's quite an eye-opener you know because i'm when i talk about me being naive it's because i just think that everyone will think the same as i do which is you know well you're just someone from somewhere else that's the, I'll talk to you as I would do anyone else. I don't see that that hatred because I don't see it brought upon myself. But what what would you suggest, or is there anything you could suggest for? I'm going to say driving issues. I'm going to change that to, for example, small business owners or business owners. How how we could support that? Is there anything that we could do, or, or is it just a case of, like you said, if we see anything being done that's inappropriate, stepping in? I think it's for anyone, it doesn't have to be business owners, but anyone really. If you see people getting hurt or getting name called or getting harassed because of their skin color or you know the language they speak or where they're coming from, stop them. Call it out. I think that's again, there's the fear of calling out people to stop because you never know they may have a knife. You know, I'm not saying put yourself in danger, but if you see someone who's got a knife, then you should be calling the police anyway yeah. in the first place. But you don't want to see other people getting hurt because you never know that could be your friend. 
that could be someone that you you're you know it could be getting hurt it could be your friend it could be someone you know it could be your business owner or your local chinese owner that you go to chinese for right it could be anyone that you know or may not know it could be a friend of a friend you know you, you never know that until something happens and you go like oh you know your friend goes oh someone got hurt and you know there's a local local business owner that i used to hang around with or go to all the time and just got you know harassed or had the shop broken into and stuff like that and it's like you don't want to hear people like that you don't want to hear things like that because then they shut down for a bit and then you go oh where did i get my chinese from then and you know it causes inconvenience for yourself as well but i suppose it's just being more supportive about helping others again it doesn't matter what race or color they are they should be able to treat everyone equal yeah and with the same humility as you would anyone that you know or any friend that you probably would would call a friend yeah i think this it's it's, just, it's something that we we stopped developing you know cohesion and inclusion and people being so i suppose again i think it's just unknowing what to do if that, if that happens but if you knew you know that kid is someone you know down the road or down the street you wouldn't want them to be hurt you don't want them to be harassed and it could it could be you know it could be your kid at some point maybe getting harassed by some other kids from different ethnic backgrounds but if you, if you see any hate crime or any such of bullying or harassment just call it out yeah and again if it's safe to do so if you see any signs of danger or knives and you know guns and stuff don't put yourself in that it's in that situation but if you can you know help out and just be still stand up for someone even do so yeah and i, I think the thing i've learned over the course of these podcasts as well is that these conversations help you know, it's, it's seeing the, the opposite view and seeing the perspective of people and, and not just, you know, maybe I'm wrong when I call myself ignorant because it's, 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 it's probably more naivety, but not being afraid to ask those questions. It's just being unaware. It's not your, it's not, it doesn't come across in your, I suppose, sphere of awareness. You know, it doesn't happen in your community, which is why it's something like, but again, thanks to you, allowing me to speak and share this on your podcast it would hopefully allow more people to be like ah so it does happen and what can i do about it if it does happen yeah right and that's the thing if people don't know you don't know what you don't know and it's not ignorance it's just unaware yeah and it's because you haven't had friends or people who was able to to share this kind of experience with you you know and such as that i was bullied when I was growing up throughout my life until I stood up for myself again that's just me finding my voice though it doesn't have to be me it could be anyone if you don't speak up enough you don't stand up in confidence for yourself you know to stand up for yourself in achieving what you want in life in pursuing what you want in life taking that leap of faith taking that step putting that first foot or step onto the thousand miles that's what it takes it just takes that one step to go all right enough is enough let's do this yeah it's um 
That feels like we've gone full circle. So that feels like the perfect point to wrap up the show. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, John. Do you want to take a minute to tell people uh, where they can find you and anything you've got to offer? Yeah, I mean, if they want... Thank you again so much, um, again, for being letting me be on the show. I'm really appreciated. But if these people do want to learn more about you know, inspiring themselves, influencing themselves, making a, big, a bigger impact, and I suppose leveling up or breaking their own limitations, then feel free to join our Discord channel, which is discord.io forward slash limit breakers. And on there, we'll be running more training and coaching sessions and more accountability about business, life, work, podcasts. It's a community to level up and support, you know, support one another, uplift one another, somewhere where we could have fun as well. And most importantly, is having fun because life's too short. Yeah. I uh, I haven't tackled Discord yet. I keep dabbling into it and going, that looks scary. I'll come back to that. I know Facebook. I'll stick with Facebook for a minute. So I do need to get stuck into Discord. But yeah, uh, I will put uh, links for those in the show notes and they'll also be on the website. So if you're listening, head over to www.theinstructorpodcast.com and you can find all the links for John O there um, and anything more. And I'll all the additional John of goodness, but yeah, really appreciate you coming on John. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. And remember live life with no limits. So big thank you to John Opoon. I really appreciated him giving me up so much of his time and sharing some wonderful wisdom around confidence and coaching and how to get what you want from life. Some really wise words, but it's now time for another Terry's tip. And today, I'm going to suggest that you create a little win folder. Now, what I mean by that is go on your phone or iPad or whatever it is you've got and just create a pic, uh, like in your folders or in your pictures, create a folder that is like win slash praise, something like that. And every sort of warm message you get from a student or a customer or whatever, chuck that in there. Whenever you get any nice comments on Facebook, screenshot them, put them in there. Whenever you get any reviews, whether they're on Google or Facebook or wherever you get your reviews, again, screenshot them, put them in there, tidy them up, and then you can do two things with them. First of all, if you're ever feeling a bit down, you're ever feeling a bit low, feel like you're not, you know, you're not as good as you actually are, refer back to that and have a look at some of the awesome things people have said to you. Secondly, well, You've got a wealth of content there that you can to, you can use to promote your driving school or your business or your coaching course or whatever it is you're doing. You've got a little bank of stuff that you can go and chuck out on social media or if you're ever talking to anyone and you can just show them that and say, this is what I do. This is some of the feedback I've got. So create that win folder that's easy to access and you're ready to dive into at any time. So a big thank you for listening today. Hope you found the episode good. Hope you found that little Terry's tip useful. And just a reminder, make sure you head over to www.theinstructorpodcast.com. Check out all the premium stuff. If you sign up to Instructor Podcast Premium over April, your fee, your sign-up fee, will be donated to Walk With Woody, the charity cause for raising money for prostate cancer. So make sure that you, if you are going to sign up, sign up this month. That way you're giving the 10 quid to charity as well. But as I said, thank you for listening. Have a great day and take care. 
The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.